Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to warn you that they're coming. This week, we're talking about a new platform launch. The SpaceX Dragon? Yeah, fuck Elon Musk. No, we're talking about the launch of HBO Max. All right, so we made light of the one light thing that there was to talk about um, this week in the rest of the world. And it it's really hard right now to pretend like everything that's happening in the world isn't happening. I have done my angry cry and my sad cry already today. Um, but what what else can we do? We need to keep going and talk about trivial stuff because everybody needs a little bit of an es- escape is all I can say. Yeah. Uh, and maybe got we anything can, to add, Justin? Maybe we can think a little bit about um, pop culture that addresses uh, white privilege head on or police brutality. Like we are going to do our best to like think about this and do our part on this podcast to actually, I mean, we try to, I think regularly, but maybe we can think a little bit for next week about a topic. Um, yeah, I would talk like to people and, and talk to uh, our fellow uh, white people, and maybe you can talk back to us. Where can they do that? You can do that at the Nix Podcast on Twitter. You can send us an email at emotionandnix at gmail.com. That's, we'll get to the rest of that afterwards. You should probably also rate and review us on Apple uh, on Apple iPod. I can't say things. <laughs> on the podcast app of your choice, including uh, at Apple. So, and, and we're also, we're like not perfect people we probably say some things that are insensitive we we know that we um sometimes get a little drinky on this podcast and speak our hearts and our hearts are always not perfect and i'm sure we have our own things with privilege that we're not aware of sometimes so write us in let us know we're always happy for dialogue around that no i want to hear it really really we really mean that we won't get defensive and tell you that you're bad we do want to hear it we would want to be better than if we need to be better and we love Um, you and everybody be safe and Black Lives Matter. So much. <laughs> so much they do. And so much. Yeah. Don't make me cry because I don't want to do that. Um, so before we go into the uh, roundup of HBO Mask, Ma- wow, Max, <laughs> there's no S in that word. <laughs> well, there's only three, four HBOs to keep track of now. So Yeah, exactly. As John Oliver said, I'm on this fucking thing and I don't know how to get there. <laughs> <laughs> But let's just start with pop culture this week. And what'd you do, Justin? I watched a show that debuted in uh, February on Netflix, February or March, I think. It didn't get a whole lot of attention. I remember reading one or two things about it. I just decided to give it a try the other day. I really like this show. It's called Feel Good. Uh, Do you know about the show at all? Oh, yes, we do. We've been thinking that it gets heavy. So we've been uh, waiting on it, even though both Parker and I really want to watch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's does a, so basically the setup of this thing it is about a comedian named Mae Martin, um, and she is queer and she's basically uh, dating a straight girl. It's her first kind of you know girl like woman woman relationship or first lesbian relationship. Um, she's 
this May Martin character is also an addict um, and is kind of going through Narcotics Anonymous. She has a crazy, hilarious mom played by Lisa Kudrow, um, who's always so much fun to watch. And it's fun because I mean, I'm five episodes into it. It's, you know, they're half hour episodes. It's British. So it has this very fast, quippy kind of British thing. May Martin is Canadian. So there's also this fun kind of fish out of water. There's like a great scene. that's not spoiling much where she goes to a party and everybody's like doing all this disgusting, like macho stuff with like a giant inflatable penis and like making all these crazy gross kind of comments. And she's like, I'm Canadian. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> she just kind of walks away. Um, she's really funny. She's definitely kind of the heart of the show. But what I find really interesting about it is in the beginning, it's very much like she's cool and she's possessed and she's funny and she's a stand-up comic and she meets a sort of insecure, like bisexual woman or whatever, who's, you know, exploring that for the first time. And very quickly the tables turn and you kind of realize they both have very severe um, you know, flaws and and charms. And the addiction stuff is handled. I, I want to see where it winds up before I pass judgment. Um, I Knowing a bit about kind of the 12-step the process just from friends that are in it, it's, it's pretty terribly, like, inaccurate about the way it's portrayed. Um, but I also think some of that is supposed to be our reaction are sort of we're getting put in her perspective of NA and she's very resistant. And that's clearly like a big plot point. Uh, she befriends an older woman who's sort of in it and their relationship is very charming. Um, it's just a funny, sharp, witty, quick show. I, I really like it. I can't wait to see how it ends. Um, I'm sort of surprised this didn't get more attention. I'm into it. Um, the rest of my stuff is books and music because I don't know why I haven't really been watching that much else. I saw, I saw, I read finally uh, Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel final book, um, which I believe was called The Enchantress. I can't even remember the name of the last one. Um, I don't think I talked about this last week, right? I think I've just been talking about it slowly. But You've anyways, been talking about it slowly, yes. Yeah, I finally finished it. It's fine. It's not great. Um, God, if I talked about this last week, I'm going to try and cut this all out. But <laughs> to me, I know I've told you. The problem is it they just keep piling on new characters. And the series is called The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. The Flamels, like, barely are part of the story. It, it introduces so many characters, and it has no ideas which ones it wants to focus on. So it's sort of ends up being a little bit about all the characters and none of it's very satisfying. It's very brisk. The action scenes are fun. I like the overall kind of plot mechanics. It's all sort of set around San Francisco. There's like a bunch of monsters on Alcatraz Island waiting to attack San Francisco. It's all kind of like fun and scary and sort of of the moment in a weird way. Um, but I need some better character kind of arcs in my, my series. If I'm going to read six fucking books i need a little <laughs> better character arc so it was very kind of disappointing in that way that said there were worse ways i could spend quarantine i, I certainly enjoyed that i could kind of keep going and it never offended me which at this point well that's uh, good yeah that's a good thing um i also finished uh if you see her by uh it's a book i started back when quarantine first started it's a anaya alborn is her name um, and this is funny, actually, the next two books are by Polish self-published horror writers. 
Um, I think Anaya Alborn's um, self-published. Amy Cross is the second one. They're both Polish. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. They're on Kindle Unlimited, and I just was like, oh, these are fun ghost stories. I should just try one. Sure, why um, If you see her, really creepy, really dark. Um, it is about a house with um, a ghost in it that causes people to kill themselves. Um, this nice. is a very much not for Fanny book. There's a lot of hanging. Um, oh, good. Yeah, no. Yeah. Nope, nope. It is very scary and very well written and sets a good mood. I, I, I'm mostly interested this week in these sort of very low key uh, horror writers. These two women that seem to just be like cranking these books out, looking at their Amazon page, and neither like they are both pretty good. Like considering, um, if you see your sort of ends up, you know, the ending. It's so hard to stick the the landing in in horror novels in general. I mean, Stephen King famously, um, but it is a fun read until you get to that point. It really captures a sense of dread um, around guilt and grief and sort of how that can haunt you. It's nothing new. It's in a million other horror stories, but it creeped me out. Uh, the book by Amy Cross is called Mary. Uh, it's short. It's much shorter. Um, I would almost call it a novella. It is set in England. She is uh, of Polish ancestry, but she lives in England. Um, it's sort of set in a creepy little countryside town. And every year, this um, police station, it's the first night of this guy starting at this police station. And every night they get a call from a house in London. It's basically like, go check on the whatever manor. It's um, Mary is there and she needs help. What what are you you're giving nope. me the no? Oh, don't do it! Nope. Don't go! No, not no, not what new? No, thank you. Uh uh, don't and, want weird ghostly phone calls to. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the new uh, you know, what are, what do they call officers in England? Are they just officers? Bobbies, Obvious? Bobbies, <laughs> Bobbies, Bobbies. That's right. I think. Um, he goes to check it out. It is to, right. I think that's right. Yeah. And I he, know. He, he tries to go and be the practical one who's going to debunk it. He quickly uh, finds a woman, a young woman trapped in a wardrobe, uh, missing her fingernails. Gross. Um, oh, good. So finger trauma. Named Yay. Mary. And she's terrified of some kind of malevolent force in the house and is imploring him to uh, get up to the attic, which is the only place they are safe. Um and it goes from there, and there are some good twists, and I really enjoyed this book. <laughs> I think I might read all of the Amy Cross horror books because they're not—they're not too like I don't know nihilistic. They're sort of fun gothic, like scary stories around the campfire. Yeah, okay, um, I'll I mean, try at least it. the one I read. Um, it flew by. The writing is nothing brilliant. Um, That's okay. Finally, one, you're going to be happy about this. My next book, by the way, first of all, since quarantine, which Granite has been, as your mom said, a meme that she posted at the length of a Grateful Dead song at this point. Um, <laughs> I have read eight books and I'm starting on my ninth. Se- no, seven books That's starting great. on my eighth. And so, mom will hear you say that in roughly five months since she just <laughs> listened to the Young Sherlock episode. Oh. So. That's yeah. amazing. Which was what um, the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> Hi, I'll mom. Be getting, I'll be getting very delayed, like um, yes. satisfaction for my sucking app tour. <laughs> yes, yes. I think the Tim episode is maybe the next one, maybe two. So it could be a month or two. Oh, that one's gonna freak her out. You're in trouble. Well, I keep saying, mom, that one was specifically for you. <laughs> I'll get to it. 
So what I'm starting next, after just researching and not knowing what the hell to read, I am giving the Raven Boys another go. Because um, I found it at the library, and um, I just it's, kept... It's what? the Raven Cycle. The first book is the Raven Boys, but right. the whole thing is called the Raven Cycle. And they just, like, nixed the, the TV show. I'm bummed. Maybe that's why it was on my mind. That's probably is. But I started it and I don't, my brain is definitely more open to it right now. So I think maybe I'm going to get sucked into this. I, Um, I don't want to tell you something that you may or may not know. I don't know anything. Okay. Just let me read it. All right. Well, it's, it's something that will make you so happy, but it takes a while to get there. And it's something about one of the characters. And I want to see if you get it, but, and you may already know it. So, yeah, I don't even know. I start, I literally got like 20 pages into it last night. I was like, I'm into this. This is fun. Okay. Is there um, anything about it that you know, like that you've heard, like that you've heard me talk about or just not, not that I remember, but then I don't remember okay, cool. like what I We're ate good. for lunch. We're so. good. Then I'm going to let you wait. Cause cool. No characterizations or anything like that. Nice. Okay, no. good. All right. All right. Then yeah. I'm excited to see if what you pick up and what. Okay. I'm going to be looking for it. It's okay. Um, That's fine. Because it's done well. Nice. Okay. Finally, I wanted to uh, shout out a song uh, in the in the spirit of the moment. Um, I don't know if everybody saw Killer Mike, uh, the rapper who's part of um, Run the Jewels, gave a really wonderful um, impassioned speech, um, you know, just about sort of the protests that are happening and urged, um, you know, restraint, but also vigilance in um, protesting and it was really thoughtful. So go watch that if you can. Killer Mike uh, gave a speech about the protest. He is in a band called Run the Jewels um, with, oh my God, I'm going to forget the white guy's name. I think it's Aesop Rock. Aesop Rock. I could be totally wrong. Run the Jewels has done a million things. You probably even know a few of their songs, fan, like in the last couple of years. Um, their new album is coming out Friday. I also love them because they're releasing it for free because um, they're just like, you know the world we're in we're going to release this for free um and they're pretty big at this point so that was a, you know, quite a gesture i'm going to play a song called ooh la la Run the Jewels with Ulala coming from uh, their new album, Run the Jewels 4, which comes out this Friday, uh, G- uh, June 5th, I believe, and is free. So uh, get that. And also really do listen to Killer Mike's speech because it's pretty amazing. What did you? Oh, well, we have something we both saw. Should we talk about that? Sure. Let's talk about it. Uh, Drag Race finale. Uh, spoilers for Drag Race finale. If you Wait. care about way more uh late spoilers than i don't know rupaul did rupaul's drag race facebook page did like three minutes after the east coast viewing is that a nix yeah i'm mad <laughs> i, I always no, nick spoilers I'm, I'm, but it was it was 603 Ugh. 
terrible. our time. So that I hadn't even, I mean, even if I was able to watch it live on the West Coast, which I'm not because we buy it on Amazon. So we have to wait till the next morning. It would have been two hours and 57 minutes before any, before I would have gotten to watch it, that they announced the winner on their Facebook page. Ugh, that gets an X. Yeah, well, now you know. Happy. One death drop, uh, two... Um, Facebook pages. Three hallelujahs. Um, what did you think of the winning? It will tell, I guess we got to say who won, and then you can talk about it. Yeah, Jada won. Yeah. Um, I was fine with Jada. I would have preferred Crystal. I'm just glad it wasn't Gigi. Yeah, same. Think? Exactly the same. Um, yeah. I, what did you think of the um, format of the Zoom thing? I was kind of, I was impressed. Yeah, no, I thought they did a good job. I loved uh, Crystal's weird bird thing with the regurgitating. Made me, like, really happy because it was so fucking weird. Yeah, and... Crystal's insane. I love her so much. Exactly. <laughs> this um, is like the girl you want to hang out with. Like, Yep. <laughs> yep, she's right up there with Jinx and... Uh, the mean one. I can't think of her name who has the little <laughs> Rolodex of hate who I love so much, but I can't think of her name right now. Bianca. Uh, yes. Bianca Del yeah. Rio. All I could think was Benda La Crim, which who I like, but that's not the ro- no, very opposite end of the spectrum there. <laughs> and everybody, another podcast. If, if you need a smile in quarantine, uh, NPR has a podcast called Ask Me Another, which is all, which is a quiz game, and it's all like nerdy pun stuff. Jonathan Colton sings songs. Shan- Shangela was on the, I think, the most recent episode, and she is just so lovely. So speaking of Hallelujah, she made me happy. She made me smile. Um, the Drag Race finale kind of made me happy and sort of made me smile. Yeah. Um, it also made me sad. It's just, it is there's something sad about the Zoom quarantine yeah. world of it all. Um, also, why was Rue in a giant eyeball wearing oh, like a Parker has door mask? Okay, Parker I don't know. has an opinion. He solved it, and I don't think he's wrong. Rue is not used to doing her own makeup. She's in quarantine, so she wears a mask because she can't do her own makeup anymore. That I think that makes total sense. Right? She That's doesn't have amazing. a glam squad. So she puts on, she does these weird mask things and she did it on both Zoom things. Yeah. And then she's like, I painted an eyeball like from a a stage set from 1995 or whatever. No, Parker super (laughs) called it and I was That's totally true. Yep. Yep. And I bet those are the zones where the mask is where like all the age shows. Sorry, Rue, we love you, but we we, we know that's what's uh, up. Well, we kind (laughs) of don't, but we kind of (laughs) do. You have issues, Rue. Yeah. (laughs) Work them out. Yeah. (laughs) Work them out. (laughs) Of course, we are going to watch All Stars next week. Yeah, of course we are. I mean, that's. We love to hate her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we support the people that need our support and the contestants need the love so i'm good with that i do think jade is gonna be a little bit of a forgettable choice in the in the annals of i agree um i would have preferred it be crystal i really would have but anybody but Gigi is okay with me yeah i i've now parker thought that he heard the them say that they got to pick the one the song for creating their own video too oh interesting in which case, I even have more of a problem with Gigi picking a song that was super iconic, had a super iconic video, um, and then just redoing it. Yeah. Exactly the same as it was. It was like no, zero thought went into that. Yeah. Gigi's young. 
Um, I've said that. Yep. And yeah. I don't think super, there's not a lot of spark of creativity without mommy. And <laughs> maybe she will grow up better. I'm not writing her off. I just glad she didn't win. And to Parker's complaint, um, there were some definite more interesting people that should yes. have been around towards the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh my God. Why am I forgetting what? her name? Jackie Cox. Jackie Cox. And also, I think, um, I can't, can't remember anybody's name. Um, shush, show Shuffle. <laughs> Through the teeth? Try. Hiding in closet? Heidi in closet. That's why I can't remember the name. Because it's um, dumb. Yeah. I, but Heidi should have been in the top three. Heidi's just like a charmer. Yeah. I um, would have really liked to have seen it been Crystal, Heidi, and Jackie. But oh, my God. We know so that was never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. What did you do? Um, on Amazon, I watched the world's strangest documentary. It was called Shut Up, Little Man. <laughs> Good title. It, yeah. It started out as um, apparently these two people who lived in San Francisco, like in the 80s, had really belligerent neighbors who screamed at each other all the time. And so they began taping it. <laughs> and one thing that one of the other one would the neighbors would yell at the other neighbor was shut up, little man, shut up, shut up, little man. So they just published they they just recorded them and then like kind of shared them with their friends but then as the internet grew and every and and every other type of thing grew they started uh releasing them with animations on youtube and as remixed people picked it up and remixed it as songs and so like it kind of this this documentary merged or morphed into kind of being about fighting over the right there was a stage play and fighting over copyrights and who actually owned these tapes of neighbors fighting. So it's an odd documentary, but it's interesting. I'm going to watch that. It sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of good insults. Well, well, people are screaming, shut up little man, which nice. Parker and I now yell at each other on the regular. <laughs> um, uh, a hat tip to Parker's economy, uh, economics teacher. Actually not because Parker's angry with him at the moment. So that means I'm angry with him at the moment because, man, <laughs> I got you back. Um, but we watched on YouTube Sick Around the World, which is a documentary basically about healthcare systems around the world and how America sucks. If you want to get depressed and angry, you should watch Sick Around the World on YouTube. It will be 54 minutes that you won't get back and maybe you might want to open a vein or maybe you might get mad enough to change something. I'm not sure which one I got to, but it was good. Pour more fire on your inner timber pile. Yeah. 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 My democratic cool. socialist balloon grew a little bit larger <laughs> that day. Like, like the heart of the Grinch. Um, <laughs> on Amazon, I watched every little step, which is a, an older documentary that I think I've seen before about the casting of the revival of a chorus line. Oh, I watched that too. I have had every chorus line song <laughs> stuck in my head now. And one of the guys that was up for the, I can do that guy was a uh, choreographer on. So you think you can dance who I hated. And he came off as a complete douchebag. So Tice, ha! you didn't get the part. And you were an asshole, and they said you were an asshole. I uh, completely forgot I had also watched that. We must have seen it, and he like in the queue or whatever. The exactly. Shirt, you know. Yeah. I, so my feeling was I liked the 
the early footage I thought was cool right. of the history. The yes. redo, I was like, I don't really care about any of this. Yeah, I mean, I like, basically, I like that Tice didn't get the part. The rest right. of the people, I cared a little bit. I cared about the um, the two Asian women who were trying out for the, the role of the short person. I cared about them. And um, the girl who called her grandpa. That I liked that. <laughs> but other than that, I didn't care who got cast or anything. But I did like the, it is such an actor's and a performer's show that, I liked to see it be the documentary be about actors, you know, right, <laughs> that was right. very interesting. Um, I followed that up immediately with a movie on HBO called uh, Holly, a documentary on HBO called Hollywood season, which is about this like apartment complex where all of the momagers and dadagers who have kids trying out for pilot season live and how they push their children and what their lives are like. Um, spoiler alert, their lives are sad and depressing. And <laughs> their children are going to be ruined. And But bonus Scientology, actual Scientology comes into this because many of the parents who are who have been proven at this point to give their last dime to try and make their kid famous... Scientology comes and tries to recruit them all as well and oh say, God. because Scientology is huge in Hollywood, which that's not, you know, that's not a spoiler. Everybody knows that. But it was interesting to see this actually come into this documentary where these, these parents were like, oh, well, I should join this course and I can, they told me that if I get involved in Scientology, it'll help my kid. And their pay so Scientology is preying on them as well as every like shady casting agent and photographer and it's depressing as hell. Um I don't know that I recommend it. It is well done, but it's really depressing. Speaking of I don't know if I recommend it and it's depressing as hell. I watched Filthy Rich on Netflix. This is the Jeffrey Epstein uh documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not ready right now, but I need to be you're not ready you're even if you think you're ready you're not ready this is not easy to watch it's infuriating it's disgusting it's awful at one point a woman describes walking into a party and the guest list is woody allen kevin spacey harvey firestein trump well i don't know it's either trump or clinton but you can bill clinton you can kind of put them out you know come say come saw with them um Prince Albert and uh, did I say Harvey Weinstein? Because yeah, he was there too. All I wanted to, to just take this little girl and yell, I mean, she was 17, but yell run, you know, just, Oh, I'm not going to say it's not worth watching because we continue to need to understand how bad this is and how entitled these billionaires feel to everything, including young children. We, we, this needs to continue to be a thing that people understand. You need to read catch and kill by Ronan Farrow. You need to watch filthy rich. You need to know that probably Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. It needs, it needs to be talked about. And it's really fucking important that we understand what, income inequality and what putting these, letting these people run rampant in our country is doing 
but it was very hard to watch. Yeah, I'm sure. And I know there's been new, there was an, you know, the anonymous hack hacker group or yep. whatever today released a whole extra list of people that were in yeah. his black book, theoretically. Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows if you can believe it, but. Um, oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe that he had, I think that's why he's not here anymore is because he had right. dirt on everyone. So he wasn't going to prison and he probably knew that. But yeah. they knew the the reason he wasn't going to prison. So anyway, um, I also watched uh, on your recommendation, Have a Nice Trip Man, which is the celebrities all taking drugs uh, documentary on Netflix. I really did. Again, I agree with you. I really liked it. I have done my share of hallucinogens and saw a lot of my anxiety and my ability to see beauty in both of in all of the people's recounts of their trips, uh, except that then Fred Willard talked. And when you had seen it, Fred Willard was alive. And when I saw it, Fred Willard had passed. And so that made me cry. And Fred Willard, you were one of the good ones, man. You know, Godspeed and all that. We miss you. Um, and Rosie Perez story. Yes. How she great was, was that? She was <laughs> Freaking amazing. I love her so much and her weird little voice. When you get far enough in Nurse Jackie, you will come upon a, a Rosie Perez episode, and it is gold. It is pure fucking gold. It's her it. and Merritt Weaver and, and Edie Falco, and it is gold. Um, nice. I finished Run, The Great, and Defending Jacob. Defending Jacob. I was every shred of my body that told me to turn away from this show when I was like kind of iffy this doesn't seem super great me was was correct I I thought I had called every beat except that then it was sort of this it was like kind of ambiguous in their ending and so I went and looked it up yeah I did call every beat it's just that they changed it from the deep from the book oh my god so the book I guess is not ambiguous at all and Spoiler alert for defending Jacob. Don't watch this fucking show. I actually don't feel bad that I'm going to destroy it right now. What I said is going to happen is he's going to get off, but it's going to turn out that he did it. And then mom and either mom or dad will take the rap or somebody will kill him in the book. He gets off because the grandpa from jail uh, kills the guy that possibly could have done it to the, the alternate suspect. Right. And then they go to, to Mexico. He kills someone else. They figure it out. Mom wrecks the car with him, with the kid and her in it. Ending of the show. You're st you're not sure if it's him. Mom wrecks the car. They both live. Dad gets her gets her off on a manslaughter charge. Not a good show. <laughs> don't watch the show. I don't understand why they made this show. Okay, run. Not for everyone. I understand it's not for a lot of people. Ended on a huge cliffhanger, which I, which if it wasn't a cliffhanger, if it was the end of the limited series, I would super be behind it. Like, wow, that was cool. Good for you guys. I will watch season two because of Merritt Weaver, Weaver and Domino Gleason, which was the reason I liked season one. It was for me. It was up my alley. I get it wasn't for everyone else. The Great also ended on a cliffhanger. I loved this show. Nice. 
I loved all the performances. I loved the friendships and the shifting loyalties. And I hope and pray and think that there's absolutely no chance that they will not renew this for season two. It was so good. And I just live for Elle Fanning saying, I never fucked a horse. <laughs> I just love it. I things you didn't know you needed in your life until they happened. So I'm gonna that, keep going on that show then. You've inspired me to keep trying. I loved it. I, I actually like the first it a second time. Okay. I, I just adored it. And uh that is all of my pop culture this week. Nice. Sorry Should about we... the alarm for my bread raising, by the Didn't way. Didn't even hear yeah. it. Okay. But good. you're raising bread, so you're forgiven. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about Be HBO cool. Max? Let's do it. Uh, so HBO Max is, as we mentioned up top, the latest of many HBO iterations. Um, uh, preliminary nicks for horribly confusing rollout and communication. Uh, Fanny thought she had sort of figured it all out and um, did a lot of sleuthing. And yet none of the sort of stories were accurate because nobody actually knew what was happening. Well, here's why. <laughs> and, and HBO did this on purpose. The places where you can get HBO Max for the same for the same price or a cheaper price were were well you can't get it any cheaper on Hulu. You can't get it any cheaper on Amazon where you can't get it at all right now. So you needed to get it through either your cable with HBO Go or directly from HBO. So people went and did that. And by the way, HBO offered you a discount on your monthly price if you signed up before their launch date. Because HBO knew that they were not offering an app for you to be able to to view HBO Max through <laughs> Roku or Amazon. Which is they something like 40% of the streaming audience yes. or something crazy like they that. They knew this and they didn't make it clear. So many yeah. people left Hulu left some other way of the of their hbo now you can get it for the full price on on hulu so many people left hulu and paid hbo and can't watch it because they have they are streaming through roku or amazon where there is no individual app and then then so, i have a further wrinkle where that shit's not cool having roku and having YouTube TV, I saw, oh, you can add it as an option on YouTube yep. TV. So I thought, well, I will just do the seven-day free trial. So until a Roku app is done for this podcast, I can watch um, a number of these shows. Signed up, went through all the rigmarole of figuring out passwords for YouTube TV, blah, 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 blah. Does it, Not actually on there. Like it doesn't anything on Roku. Like I signed up for HBO Max, but you couldn't access the content. I could see the shows, but it wouldn't play them. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like the most maddening thing I've ever seen. So basically oh. I went online and everybody was like, yeah, you just have to watch it on your YouTube app on your iOS. It's like anything on Roku. You're like, I'm already doing that. Through yeah. my HBO Max thing. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it was a disaster. The whole rollout was so bad. Anyways, yeah, I watched a lot of it happen on Twitter, and it was quite amusing, actually. The, the, the theoretical appeal of this thing is uh, a huge back catalog of... <laughs> Ow! <laughs> what happened? You bit your tongue? You said theoretical appeal. It made me laugh, and gin went up my nose. Oh, well, gin is, you know, worth it, I guess. That was probably a... I did you a favor. It's medicinal. It's medicinal. It keeps you all cleaned out. It's like a neti pot that gets you drunk. Right, yeah. Um, right. 
So there's the whole Warner catalog, which means all the Harry Potter movies and the Lord of the Rings movies. There's uh, uh, the DC movies, which I, I guess somebody cares about. And the, and DC- the Snyder cuts, the Snyder cuts. Oh my God, the Snyder cut. <laughs> Shut up, nerds. Um, <laughs> and then NBC, some NBC, I guess, like Friends. Isn't yeah, like Friends. On friends it? And, yeah. yeah. Friends which I don't understand because NBC is also doing its own app so who knows it's all very confusing um anyways we did a very quick surveying also of all the new original programming which at this point is only six shows which is kind of weak sauce folks um that is not a great start seven am i missing one no how many fingers do i have (laughs) sorry there's a visual cue maybe fanny will tweet her hands there just so you get it's a little easter egg you can get the visual joke there we go Um, i will do that (laughs) yeah um all right let's start with love life uh i think it was the one we i mean i was most like all right i'll check this out i watched it all anna kendrick uh did you watch the whole first season well there's only three they're going weekly oh right right okay so i only saw the first episode i really did the sampler the poo poo amateur um, the show is basically um half hour show of following Anna Kendrick's character through her various romances. I assume I yes. only saw the first one. So um, I watched all three. So what did you think of Love Life? My first thought was it was fine. It was cute. Okay. I knew it's beats, but Anna Kendrick is so charismatic that I will kind of, she and Elizabeth Banks, they kind of remind me of each other in, that I just really love watching them and I love watching them perform and they seem very competent in what they're doing. And so I did enjoy the first episode after the second episode, I was much more sold on the writing oh, and wow. okay. the supporting cast. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I will keep going. Nice. <laughs> the third episode was, was funny in it's the romantic, I don't want to go too far into spoilers here. Each romantic interest for each episode has been very different. And the third episode was much more not serious. To, right. to, to, that'll be all I'll say. And and that was very interesting. Nice. I also, I I mean, I really liked the first episode and I hate romance in general. Um, I do love Anna Kendrick. So I was happy to sort of like just watch her kind of, <laughs> be like insecure but also kind of funny and snarky um i really liked in that first episode the chemistry between uh jin haas the actor as her first kind of boyfriend yep. in college i was like Don't a get little attached. i i was a little bit devastated that it, like, yeah it's a. Uh, I mean as you can tell this is about her various partners that i i just really enjoyed watching them together and i was like wow no I'm they were super thing. sweet yeah, and then it pulled the rug on out from under me very quickly. Um, he may or may not show back up. I assume he must in some. Capacity. I don't know if he shows back up in the episodes that I've seen or not, but he may or may not <laughs> show back up. So you should keep watching. Maybe uh, yeah, he shows I, up. I liked this way more than I. Apparently, between this and um, uh, feel good, I'm like in the mood for like you're a romantic. sap. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm a sap in the quarantine, the coronavirus. I'll take it. Um, all right, next up, uh, on the record, did you see any of this? Nope, it is it's the music, it's a documentary. 
It's a documentary about Russell Simmons um, basically sexually harassing his A&R um, head and various other women and running a company, Def Jam, which uh, had apparently a few harassers in it. Um, so rapists, you watched honestly. this and I watched Filthy Rich. Exactly. Or even. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this is, I didn't see the whole thing. I made it through about, I don't know, let's say half. I'm going to keep watching. It's really good. It's really well done. Um, it. I think part of, I mean, obviously the stories of these women is, you know, really important and needs to be told, but it's also about just like their music fans. They're like, she talks, this woman talks originally about Biggie Smalls, like running her block in Brooklyn and kind of like saying, you walk on this side of the street. This is like my block. I I got your back. I protect you. Um, And obviously, you know, Biggie Smalls had his own sort of, so sexism issues so i'm not holding up, a, up as a perfect uh model but she's so invested in music and having to play in this men's game in hip-hop in the 1990s that it's already she's in such a position of having to kind of just like shut up and go with the flirting and not make any waves and just like and how badly she wanted to be a part of this world and how it took so much advantage of her. Um, it's devastating. Um, yeah. I don't know much more to say about that, but I will say I'm glad HBO Max is at least in their. I think this whole release, they're giving us an idea of the breadth of what they're trying to do. They maybe should have waited a little longer and kind of gotten a slightly more high wattage kind of collection, but um I will try this. I will watch yeah. some of it. No, I think you... because of what I was saying after my rant on Filthy yeah. Rich. It's, yeah. I feel like it's as much as it's hard and this sounds lofty and jerky and I apologize for it, but I feel like it's my duty. I yep. need to, to take on and listen and yeah. believe. Victims. Can't turn away. Yeah. So I will, I will take a look at this. And then there's, okay, hard turn, you guys. Hard la, turn. La, 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 <laughs> Elmo's world. <laughs> so Elmo of the red uh, squeaky favorite of kids <gasps> everywhere from Sesame Street has the Not So Late Show with Elmo. These are 15-minute episodes. Uh, is very much modeled after and riffs on uh, things like the Jimmy Fallon Show. And Jimmy Fallon is the first uh, guest on the first episode, uh, along with Casey Musgraves. Uh, what did you think of uh, the Not So Late Show with Elmo? I literally only watched the one with Little Nas X because Parker had... Uh, found links to it and was showing how cute it was with him and little Nas X singing la 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 and it warmed my heart I don't want to like this show I will go watch the rest of it because it's very sweet same z's <laughs> I really <laughs> was like I fucking hate Elmo my one problem that I will just say is for a talk show you need to be able to understand what the goddamn host is saying. I can't understand a fucking word Elmo's saying. Never been you able to. Red bastard. It's just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, are these words? I turned on the closed captions. And because yes. <laughs> I'm an and old, said, old man. Mr. Nas, he said, Mr. Little Nas X. <laughs> 
It's pretty cute. And I watched the first one with Jimmy Fallon, who I don't really don't like. like. And Jimmy Fallon is apparently just made to interact with Muppets because he was actually very charming <laughs> and sweet. And then Casey Musgraves came out and sang really sweet song. And it was very cute and funny. It has a little of the Muppet show energy in a yep. fun way. Um, yep. I liked this way more than I thought I was going to. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I'll watch it regularly, but... Who knows the way this world is going right now? I might just be like, I need some, some. You need you some Elmo. I need some Elmo. That's where we are. Um, all right, moving on. Legendary. Sorry. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Puck just was released from Parker's uh, room. So we have a we have a Puck cameo, adorable dog pawing at Fanny's hair. Um, pay attention. So I will set up legendary. I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh no, I'm no. That's what Puck is saying to you. I, you know, <laughs> I oh, know okay, I've already it. lost the battle. Uh, legendary <laughs> is cute. the uh, reality show comp- competition, um, you know, kind of uh, American Idol drag ball house. Uh, it's not drag, it's the houses. I mean, there's drag involved, but uh, this ball. is the ballroom culture. This is uh, Paris is Burning. This is Pose, but this is you know, taking these houses and having them compete each other uh, yeah. with a bunch of guest judges, including our favorite Jamila Jamil and um, some other randos that I don't know, <laughs> some fashion designer, uh, rapper Megan the Stallion, and then there's always a guest. We were both very excited about this. What do you think of Legendary? Meh. Huge meh. I, I did cry at one time. When the judges, when one of the judges told the, the, the house that is all cis women, you're welcome here. And went out of his way to let them know, look, we know you're standing with us and you are welcome in our culture because you respect our culture. And, and we are to the point where we are all drag and we are all going to be standing together. And I really liked that one moment. Other than that, I mean, it's like you said, it's American Idol. It's not, there's nothing in it that, that reaches out and grabs you by the throat. You know, I will probably watch it because I did enjoy watching these houses move. And that was interesting to me, but there's, there's not a lot of there there. And I don't want drag culture and ball culture, culture and queer culture to become American Idol. Yeah, and that I don't know if it's if I'm to the point where it makes me worry, but it makes me look a little sideways. It definitely like I think it doesn't even do as good a job as American Idol does of introducing these people and their stories. It's I think maybe it's the volume of people competing because there's like so many fucking houses and so many people in them that you just like I, maybe as the show goes on you get to know them more. But I think they would have been much better off really looking at like who are you what is your history how did there's none of that at least in the first kind of two episodes i saw um also my problem is with the judging and whereas on pose um you know billy porter is just like snapping on people and like reading them and whatever and the logic always doesn't make sense and that's sort of part of the appeal it's like we're setting our own rules as this thing happens on this show you're like I need to have some consistency in how you're judging. Like you just kind yeah. of think 
watching some of these judges like, oh, that person just like wronged you a week ago or you're hot so for this not. guy or this woman is like, you know, annoying you or something like it's just it's not very it's not very distanced and objective in its judging, which I think is sort of part of maybe ballroom culture, which works in right. the ballroom, <laughs> but like, not yeah. on TV. <laughs> which then highlight that show what right. happened. Right. And, you know, cause you, when you watch pose, you understand what happened between the judges and the contestants and it's you true. get that. So yeah. if that's going to be part of the criteria, then make it happen, then, then show it. Yeah. That's it just doesn't work. I just don't know that I want to even keep watching yeah. it. Cause it's, it's also very <laughs> frantic. Like it is the, frantic. It's like the pace of it fair. is like, uh, like if I were in a club, this would be fun, you know, but like watching it on TV, I'm like, I mean, ah. would it? Because you'd be in a club. I mean, back We're in old. the day, I didn't mind that. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, that? Looney Tunes cartoons. This is the reboot recreation of uh, the classic uh, Looney Tunes characters with Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig and Daffy Duck being very authentically old school Daffy Duck. Um, what did you think of this reboot? I made it through five minutes of one episode and it is decidedly not for fanny <laughs> now did you just, like old looney tunes cartoons i did yeah but i just it, it wasn't interesting i don't know if it's like that i liked old looney tunes cartoons because i was a kid um it's just it's not for me i didn't think that there's anything wrong with the animation but i just was not interested it did not grip me at all i turned it off did you watch looney tunes with parker when he was little i don't think so Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm curious, like, so my feeling about it was it, I mean, the thing that bothers me most is just it's such a um, slavish, like, recreation. Like, you just are a little like, really? Like, just don't try and be so, like, those voice actors are all dead. You're in the first episode bringing back that big furry red monster with Bugs Bunny. Like I didn't sound, even get that far. The sound effects are all just like straight out of the old ones. It's a very good recreation of like the nostalgia of Looney Tunes in a lot of ways. But at the same time, you're like, who, why? Like, who is this yeah. for? Who is, like, yeah. like, would kids why is this? like this? Like, it's hard... <laughs> It's hard to imagine a kid getting the same because it's very like Marx Brothers humor. Like, I don't, I think the world has just moved and it feels just a little like nostalgia pandering. Like people like us trying to get kids to watch it and then the kids being like, this is terrible. And then you go, oh, well, watch the original ones. And they're probably like, this is also kind of this terrible. This is so terrible, yeah. It's the same thing. It's not interesting. No, yeah. I showed Parker like Pee Wee's Playhouse and, you know, Fairytale Theater and you know, stuff like that and probably inappropriate movies that maybe he shouldn't have been watching and Sons of Anarchy because I'm a good parent, God damn it. Just like your mom. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. Okay, so there's one other HBO thing that you watched and I didn't go anywhere near. Talk about it. <laughs> it's called Craftopia Pandemonium. Okay, the only reason I wrote that is because there is a hidden gift panda that if you find the panda while you're hunting the floor for your craft stuff, you get the gift, which in the first episode was like this crazy vintage karaoke machine. Um, this is a very silly kids reality competition show with very precocious kid crafters running around um, a well-stocked craft store. And there's some YouTube person who's the host who barely makes a dent. 
it's kind of sweet. This is not anything I'm going to watch, but if your kids are into crafting, um, you could do worse. I mean, it certainly reminded me of like the kid, you know, chef kind of shows a little bit. It was no better or worse. That's called that. Master Chef and shut up. Don't, <laughs> Wait. don't come for Master Chef. I mean, this is the same thing for crafting. Um, there is an adorable kid in the first episode who's like this young kind of black kid who is a master crocheter. And I know who this kid is. Oh my he's god. I don't know his name. He's I wish so I did. He he builds like, he's clearly the artist of these three like craftspeople. Like the other ones are like, I made a horse head. And he does this beautiful like mandala. I made he made a mandala like dream catcher and it had all these like feathers and it's like actually a piece of art and out of crochet out of crochet in like an hour that shit is hard y'all and, and basically at some point when the, the judges are asking me he's like well this is my very first mandala crochet wall hang um and it was the <laughs> cutest thing i've ever seen um so i didn't hate the show nearly as much as i thought i was going to it's not i imagine these youtube like teenage stars as being unbearable and it wasn't unbearable as a as a general show and the hosts and the kids like it was sort of cute um so you know i'd say overall like for these original series i'd give it all like on average like a b i don't know yeah that's been worse yeah um It, it didn't suck but it could have been better it was missing a blockbuster knockout great show. Like, I feel like they should have gotten something ready in advance to, like, really knock people's socks off. Segway. Good segue. Um, <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, well, uh, okay, so first we're going to talk about things we liked, and then we're going to talk about a couple things that are coming soon. We are going a little long, but again, what else do you have to do? You're enjoying listening to us, I assume. Um, what we do don't you, what know. Do you... Leave us a review. <laughs> 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 what do you have to recommend from the back catalog of, of crazy stuff that's on here? Back catalog. Please, everyone, if you have not, if you do not know why when someone strikes your fancy, you say, one of us, one of us, gobble, 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 gobble. The reason you say this is because is not because of The Simpsons. Strike that from your memory. I love you, The Simpsons. However... It is not because of The Simpsons that you do this. It is because of Todd Browning. Todd Browning, in 1929, made one of the scariest horror movies that has graced the celluloid. And it is called Freaks. And you can find it on HBO at this point. On maybe HBO Max. I'm not sure. Go back and listen to earlier how we talked about how it's hard to find. But you can watch it. And it's sweet. It's scary and sweet. It is. But it has... The the uh the scary impending doom rain scene. Oh right, this shit that. is some scary stuff, and yeah. it has the wonderful one of us montage. Watch Freaks, nineteen twenty nine. Todd Browning, guys, really American Horror Story. If that's your thing, wouldn't exist without Freaks. There are so many things that would not be without Freaks. Um, Tim you know, Burton's the human entire centipede. career. Yes. The human centipede, which, okay, that probably we could have done without it, but just saying, um, wouldn't exist without freaks. If that's your, your, your bent, God love you. Go over there. Um, also my favorite movie when I was five years old, shut up, Justin. Um, <laughs> and still probably at least in my top 10, probably breaks my top five. Harold and Maude. Great movie. 
one of the best movies ever put to film. I absolutely believe this. I we saw it on the list and I went, oh, I'll put it on our, you know, to watch list. And I went, you know what? No, we're going to watch this right now. And I turned it on for my son who had not seen it. The Cat Stevens soundtrack. I have been singing If You Want to Be You, Be You for a week now. This is such a sweet, wonderful movie with such great performances by um, Bud Court and Ruth Wil uh, Wilson. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't think anything but Wilson. God damn it. What's her name? Help me. Ruth. It's not Ruth Buzzy. Ruth. Is it Ruth Buzzy? What's her name? No, it's not Ruth Buzzy. God <laughs> damn it. I knew it right before I said Ruth Wilson. Gordon. Ruth Gordon. Right, I didn't right. even have to look it up. I just yeah. got there. Nice. Um, guys, really, it's quirky. It's weird. Better Off Dead would not exist without Harold and Maude. If you haven't seen Better Off Dead, go see Better Off Dead. Such a great film. What are feel, your recommendations, Justin? I feel like just Harold and Maude, one more note, like when we talk about like early queer movies that are like not yes. actually like overtly queer, but we've sort of come to realize what, how that can be expanded. That movie is in that category. Agreed. Um, yeah. Which explains a lot about me. It does. Indeed. <laughs> early <laughs> queer that can't be categorized. Right. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, speaking of queer, um, I haven't seen this, so I'm recommending something I haven't watched yet, but um, I'm, Excited to watch it, and it's on HBO Max, and I will probably watch it soon. Uh, it's Larry Kramer in Love and Anger. Um, it is a documentary from 2015. Obviously, Larry Kramer just died uh, last week. He is um, massively uh, important uh, AIDS activist, uh, LGBTIQ activist in many ways. Um, kind of a crank, also a playwright. Um, wrote The Normal Heart, the very famous um play about uh so aids and gay life in the 1980s 1980s i think it's the 80s um yeah i want to watch it because i don't know a ton about him so i um I and one of his best times. friends was who anthony fauci which is wild to me i'm sort of fascinated by that story they were buddies um he apparently worked a lot on um sort of helping Kramer uh, during his own AIDS diagnosis or his HIV diagnosis. Um, there's an article in the New York Times. It's fascinating. Go read it if you haven't. Um, I also wanted to recommend um, Pom Poco, a 1994 uh, animated movie from, are you ready? The studio is called uh, Jubli. No, J Jubli. I'm going to- Jehuba? Jibber the what now? Everybody calls it Ghibli. Um, but I watched a YouTube video and it is actually Ghibli. <laughs> I'm still fucking that up. I'm so sorry. Ilian Julian. Um, <laughs> this is director uh, Isao Takahata. Hopefully I did better than that. Studio Ghibli, obviously uh, Miyazaki's very famous um, animation studio. I love all of the Ghibli movies. Uh, go watch them. All of them. They're all fantastic. There's not a bad one. But this one is a weird one that's a little less known. It's not directed by Miyazaki, but it's definitely worth watching. Um, it is about a pack of tanuki, which are these raccoon dog kind of creatures. They mostly look like raccoons that live in Japan, but they're sort of part of Japanese folklore. Um, they're sort of always depicted in statues in Japanese culture as having these giant testicles. Um, and they're 
testicles um, come into play in this movie. They sometimes use them to float. They sometimes bounce on them. They are fighting off, uh, you know, suburban, basically, uh, gentrification of their forest edge. And they have warfare. It is a very kind of surprisingly dark and crazy and funny movie. Um, yeah, go watch Pompoko. It's P-O-M-P-O-K-O. We'll put the, the notes. Uh, I would go straight to if you've seen most of the uh, Ghibli movies and want to try something different. Um, all right. Coming soon to HBO Max. Uh, these are the things that they should have launched with. Um, I'm going to give my recommendation first just to move things along. Adventure Time, one of my favorite shows. I love it so much. I miss it so much. I've talked endlessly about it. They are doing some new specials uh, that are, I think are like hour long specials, maybe a little longer. Uh, each focus on a different character. It's called Distant Lands. Uh, the first one focuses on the little crazy Game Boy character, Bimo, um, who's everybody's favorite character on Adventure Time. I can't wait. Comes out June 25th. Uh, what do you have? I have an empty glass. Um, <laughs> and that makes me sad. <laughs> I have something darker than what you have, which is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is the, okay, it's, Michelle McNamara was married, was, is famously had a true crime blog called, I believe, True Crime Diary. She was also married to Patton Oswald, and she was obsessed with the Golden State Killer case. Um, she published a book posthumously. Yes, she has passed away, and he is now married to Natty Gann. And Meredith Salinger and happy and we're all happy for you, Peyton. Uh, anyway, Michelle McNamara, uh, I think it was after she died that I'll be gone in the dark was published. And it is basically, she was a big part of how the golden state killer got caught. And it is, uh, her blog and the investigation that she and other on life, uh, online and amateur sleuths got moving to catch this killer. And uh, that's the documentary based on that. I believe there was also a podcast uh, about this. And um, I find her fascinating. And I'm sorry that she didn't hang on long enough to be able to see this come to fruition and know that she was a big part of it. And uh I'm interested in this and I think it will their do, uh, HBO is good with a documentary. So I think this will be very interesting. I do like true crime and uh, I, the idea of a crowdsourced crime solve is very interesting to me. Nice. When is yeah, and that's out? June 28th, June cool. 28th. Excellent. Yeah. All right. If you have any thoughts on HBO Max, we talked about a lot of stuff today. So let us know. Um, or as we said up top, um, tell us just kind of how you're feeling, what's going on. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and, um, you know, be safe when we have your, your backs and yeah. check in to guys. Hear with you. Check in with everybody you love and with random strangers on the internet who have a podcast you like, whoever works. Um, we are, we like you too, like Elmo. <laughs> we're on Facebook at the Knicks podcast. You can also email us at motionnicks at gmail.com. I'm not on Twitter because Twitter is a cesspool, but if you want to reach out, we are at the Knicks podcast and Fanny is at at fannybdarling.com please don't email me pictures of cesspools <laughs> we'll talk to you next week be safe we love you